With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joining me today is host of the Relatable Podcast, Ali Beth Stuckey. Ali, good to see you. Thanks for joining me. Good to see you too. Thanks. Okay, Ali, I actually want to start the show today talking about the definition of the word based because everybody who watches my show knows this. I'm going to keep repeating this incessantly because I think it's so important. But if we don't acknowledge the reality of the political enemy that we face, then we won't fight well against it. If we don't fight well against it, we won't win and I want to win. And so understanding this enemy that we face, especially as it's been ramping up in the last two years, first with critical race theory, then with queer theory and the drag shows for kids, the uh, the mutilation surgery in the name of the gender ideology, gender identity mm-hmm. ideology, all of this stuff can be very uncomfortable to talk about. It's race, it's sex. These are the social issues that for a long time, the Republican party has ignored. Mm-hmm. We now kind of label it in this large bucket, calling it woke. There's even been some discussion among conservatives, especially on Twitter, about what the definition of the word woke means. I did an episode about that last week. Anybody who wants to go and watch that, highly recommend it. Um, But today I want to talk about the antidote to the word woke. The antidote to the word woke is the word based. But every time I say based, I always get a whole bunch of messages and emails. And these these are a proper question that's being asked. What is the definition of the word based? And that's the first question I want to ask you today. Yeah, I think it's a good question. There has been, as you said, some debate among conservatives. I've seen libertarians say that it just means having small, limited government. That's not what I have always understood based to mean and what I think it actually means. Based basically means the most traditional and fundamental forms of conservatism that you can get, but not necessarily the conservatism that we've thought of of just limited government or small government, but we're talking about the values. We're talking about the moral cultural values. We are talking about not just being anti-drag queen story hour or anti-child drag queen. We're talking about being for the traditional family. We are talking about being for all of the things that have laid a foundation for what conservatism is supposed to be. So we're talking about the most based, the most basic fundamentals of any kind of functioning or thriving society. It doesn't always mean the smallest or most limited government option. It means policies and and policies and strategies that push us towards the kind of family-based, God-centered future that we want. Um, So that's, I would say a lot of people say that Ron DeSantis is based because he is willing to use the powers constitutionally available to him to push back against entities like Disney or these corporations that are pushing these child drag shows. Like we would call that based because he is moving the levers of power in a way that is constitutional to actually fight back against these things. He's not just saying, oh, drag queen story hour is a blessing of liberty, as we've heard some people on the so-called right say. So I think that's I think that's part of what it is, using the power available to us to push for the policies that will lead for the kind of future that we want morally, societally, politically. 
I think that's correct. The shortest version of that would be to say that it means based in reality. It kind of moves the lever of the Republican Party traditionally being the party of no, which we I know that the left coined that as an insult, but we have been the party of no. We've been, just been the one that says, hey, don't infringe on this right. Mm. Don't violate this right. Don't overstep your boundaries. Instead of taking a proactive approach to saying, actually, this is the vision that we have for our country, and this is the structure of our government. We're going to use the structure of our government to achieve the vision for our country. And this is this is a, a principle, I would say, of the new right. This is something that's um, yeah. that a lot of people might associate this with the term red pill. People's eyes have been opened to the depth of corruption on the left, and they're looking for a way to solve this. And what I want to talk with you about today is I want to talk about the social issues that play into this. For a long time, as you know, the Republican Party wanted to be the party of a strong military, foreign policy, and just jobs, jobs, right. jobs. All good things, nothing wrong with that, but they ignored the cultural and the social issues because what is it? It's sex and gender, it's abortion and marriage, it's uncomfortable things to talk about that that a lot of times the politicians in the beltway, they'd rather go to the cigar bar and smoke with their buddies on both the left and the right and not talk about uncomfortable things. They just wanted to fight about money and the military. But in order to fight back against wokeism, in order to be based, um, we have to fight these social issues. So I want to talk to you about well, first, one, that this is a highly controversial topic that you have been talking about more than almost anyone else in the conservative movement, and that is uh, surrogacy and how that contributes to the breakdown of the nuclear family. Tell me first how you, yeah. how you uh, became passionate about this topic and why conservatives don't view it the way that based conservatives ought to. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, see, I do think that this is another, this is a good example of like what I believe it means to be based. It's like, okay, for, I don't know, there's probably a meme somewhere out there that would like describe this well. Like typical conservative, like, typical conservative stance would be, for example, um, you know, biological males or, or transgender women shouldn't be able to play in biological female sports. Whereas I would say there's no such thing as a transgender woman. Like, I don't even believe that there's a biological woman or a transgender woman. There's no such thing as a transgender woman. It is actually like going, as you said, based in reality to the most real, to the truest form of the issues that we're talking about, taking it to that most basic level. I think that's what based is. And when we look at something like 
the creation of the family, like a lot of conservatives say, oh yeah, like I'm pro-life. I believe that life, you know, maybe they would say starts at conception is valuable inside the womb. We shouldn't allow abortion. Sure, I believe in the traditional family, although you get fewer and fewer Republicans who are willing to say that. But like, let's get down to the nitty gritty then. Let's not just talk about abortion. Let's not just talk about this quote unquote traditional family. What do we actually mean by that? And something that a lot of people don't want to look at, even on the right, is the reproductive technology and the industry that are that surrounds reproductive technology. The reason why I started thinking about this is actually just the medical, the medical industry in general over the past few years has proven itself at least to me, for the first time, a lot of people already knew this and had been talking about this, but has proven itself very corrupt and in a lot of ways untrustworthy, now kind of referred to as the medical industrial complex. And then, of course, looking into gender ideology, who is pushing this stuff? You've talked about this before. Who's making money on it? Why are minors getting double mastectomies, getting put on this hormone stuff? And then and I realized, wow, this is really kind of all connected. Like the infertility that we see that is pushed through gender ideology when these kids show up and they get hormones and then very often they're not allowed or they're not able to have kids on their own. And so they have to go through IVF or they have to get a sperm donor. They have to get an egg donor. They have to get a surrogate. And so I realized, wow, there is this whole cycle of perversion and depravity that is making human beings like enslaved to the medical industrial complex. And like, we don't even realize it as Christians, as pro-lifers, we're just like, yay, that's another way for people to be able to make babies. Not even thinking, not only of the medical side of it, the industrial complex, the profit and all of that, but just looking at the human life that's involved, that does not get to consent in its creation and its gestation. If you're looking at surrogacy specifically, you're talking about a child that is being specifically created in a lot of cases, especially if you've got two men, which is very common. They're creating a child purposely to take that child away from its biological mother, which is an egg donor. And then that fertilized egg goes into another woman that is not the biological mother. And then that child is taken away from both its biological mother and the woman who gestated that child and given in a lot of cases to two strangers that it doesn't, it doesn't know their smell, it doesn't know their sound, and they are robbed of an opportunity to even have a mother, again, in these cases with two men. And even in the cases when it's a man and a woman, like you've still got the issue there of an unnatural gestation, an unnatural conception process, an unnatural process that actually robs a child of having the normal development that babies are supposed to have inside the womb and post-birth. Um, and then, of course, you've got the women who are very often poor women. They're low income. Sometimes they're military wives. Very often they're from Ukraine or they're from India. They're from different parts of the world where surrogacy is actually banned, but they find a loophole. And these rich American couples, they buy the bodies of these poor women. They rent their wombs so that they can have children. There's a very thin line between surrogacy and human trafficking. Um, in the same way that prostitution is technically consensual because someone is saying, yes, you can pay me for sex, we also see that it's, that it's immoral because you are selling your body for something. It's the same thing with surrogacy. So I know that was a lot of different things, but like there are so many aspects of surrogacy and IVF and all of it that we are not thinking through.
And as people who say that we care about the family, we care about life inside the womb. Like we care about the danger of technology, the predation of these uh, medical companies and these industries. Like we should really be looking at the fertility industry. This is very controversial, even among conservatives, even among many Christians, because a lot of people who are good people, well-meaning people have used surrogates or have participated in IVF or they know someone and love someone who has done that, or they view this as just a medical advancement to help people who weren't otherwise able to have children create that family. Yeah, of course. There are many Christians and many wonderful people who were just trying to fulfill that God-given natural desire to have children. And so they used all the means possible to try to accomplish that. And uh, honestly, most of us at one point were ignorant about what IVF is, what the surrogacy industry is. It's just been in recent years that I've started learning about it myself. So there's certainly no judgment or condemnation from me for people who say, you know, I just, I just didn't know that or just didn't think about it. It's a process for all of us. But now that I have thought about it, I can't, I can't unsee it. I can't unthink about it. The fact that, I mean, in IVF, there are a lot of ethical questions. It is a higher risk for the mother. It is a higher risk also for the child. And while a lot of people go through IVF, they've thought about this. So they implant all of the embryos possible to try to give all of those human beings a shot in life. There are many people who they try to fertilize as many eggs as possible. They create lots of embryos and then they have these embryos to choose from. And so many times through genetic testing, they can figure out if that embryo has some kind of special need. If this is a strong embryo, if this is a so-called weak embryo, if this is a female, if this is a male, and there you have what is widely accepted eugenics in the name of just wanting children or in the name of IVF. I mean, we heard recently Paris Hilton, uh, she was saying that she has all of these boys fertilized and she's really looking to have a girl. And so again, like we've got sex selective eugenics going on here in the United States. We just don't call it that. We have euphemisms for it. And in the name of being pro-life, in the name of wanting to create life and allow people to be parents, we just kind of look past that. Right now, we've got millions of what is what are sometimes called souls on ice in the United States that will never be adopted. They will be put in freezers forever. I mean, these are living human embryos. There is some moral and ethical culpability there that we really need to start thinking about. There's a reason why all of this stuff is very highly regulated in many countries across the world, especially surrogacy. Because again, you're dealing with a woman's body who is donating eggs. There's a large process that goes through that. She's donating those eggs with the knowledge that they will be fertilized, that they will grow up into children. She is basically abandoning those potential lives, those human beings that she knows that she knows that she is creating without any intention of supporting them. And then a woman who is not their biological mother is gestating that child and that child gets taken away from both of them. There is a bond, as you know, Liz, as a, as a mother that is created. When that child is in your body, there is a physiological, psychological, I would argue even spiritual connection going on there. And then we take that child away from that gestator from that body much sooner than we would even take a puppy away from its mother. And we give them in some cases to two people that they don't know, or some cases it's maybe a biological or it's a, it's it's a, a, one of the biological parents, but even so we're creating a process 
um, from which we don't really fully understand the consequences. There was a, a book written a long time ago, actually about adoption called Primal Wound. And even though adoption is beautiful and redemptive, and I think it's absolutely wonderful, there is still something called a primal wound created when that child is taken away from their biological mother and father and given to an adoptive family, even an adoptive family that is lovely and wonderful, because we all innately want to know from where we come to whom we belong. There is a biological and inherent drive to that. And when we rob a child of that purposely, we purposely create a child to rob them of that when it comes to surrogacy and taking them away from their biological parents intentionally, like we are creating psychological trauma for them that again, I don't think that we fully understand. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So, as you know, and we don't have to get into it, like there have been conservatives that celebrate surrogacy even when it comes to like two moms or two dads like i cannot get on board with purposely creating a child to take them away from their mom or dad and then never giving them the opportunity to have either a mother or father depending on the situation i think it's cruel and i think again like we are laying children on the altar of adults whims on the altar of progressive social experiments and it's not fair to them do you think we should ban surrogacy in the united states yeah, we would be on par with most countries in the world that ban surrogacy, not just for the child, but also for the sake of the poor women who very often are manipulated through TikTok and through all of these different uh, advertising and marketing means to sell their bodies for $30,000. And um, there's very often in these contracts, uh, which there's actually, I think, a case going on maybe in California right now. In these contracts, there is very often... Um, uh, a part of it that says, look, if we decide at any point in the pregnancy as the parents who are renting this womb and buying this child, um, if we decide at any point in the pregnancy that we no longer want this child, then you have to get an abortion. And that mother, that woman has no rights. This is not her biological child. And it's no longer her body, her choice. It's actually the people who are renting her's choice. Um, so this happens. Lots of times across the country today, it is perfectly legal. It makes the fertility industry lots and lots of money. There's no reason in my mind why we shouldn't ban it. It really is. When you when you look at it through that lens, it really is the commodification of women. Like the feminists yeah. have told us for how many years, like they, they incorrectly say, oh, women shouldn't be reduced to just baby-making machines. And they degrade motherhood and uh, decry a patriarchy that only wants men to serve as 
you know, uh, as a childbearing role, but this is actually what surrogacy does, but worse because it deprives women of motherhood and actually says that motherhood is worth nothing because you don't get to mother that child. I, I find it particularly insightful, the point about adoption, because adoption is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's redemptive, all of those things. But we acknowledge that there is a trauma inherent even to the most beautiful, wonderful, and successful adoption. And it's redemptive because, I mean, that's what redemptive means, that there was an original trauma that it is providing, it is providing redemption from, but there's a difference between that pre-existing and acknowledging that that's not a good thing, that redemption helps rescue a child from that versus purposely inflicting that on a child through surrogacy. Yes, exactly. The ideal for every child, for every child, is to live in a home with their biological mother and father who love them and care for them. That is the ideal. But as we know, as the secular world won't acknowledge, but as we know, we live in a fallen world. So the ideal is not possible for everyone. It's not present for everyone. So we understand there is brokenness there. There are awesome single mothers. There are awesome single fathers. There are adoptive situations and all of that. But anytime we stray from what should be, anytime we stray from the ideal, that's when brokenness happens. And so we do whatever we can to redeem that, to do second best. Second best is when you're with another mother and father who can love you the best possible, but it's still not the ideal. And we acknowledge that there is going to be like, there's going to be a a difference there. But as we're talking about, it's a whole other ballgame when we are purposely taking them away from the ideal. We are purposely creating them to say, you don't get the ideal. You don't get what's best. Why? Because we don't want you to. It's more important that we fulfill our whims when we're talking about, again, when we're talking about creating a situation in which you have like two moms or two dads, we would rather take you away from that ideal simply because we feel like it. I think that that's self-serving. I don't think that that is loving or compassionate at all. And this, guys, I told you we were going to talk about controversial issues today because to be based is to be based in reality. It's to play offense. It's not to be the party of no. It's to envision our nation uh, along the lines that we want, along our morals and principles, and construct our legal system to support that. It's not It's not the libertarian idea of everyone gets to do what they want as long as they aren't as long as they aren't uh, gunning other people down, essentially. And we're only halfway through the controversial topics. I also want to talk to you about gay marriage. Gay marriage, it seems to me, this was prop, this was fought largely before you and I were as active in politics as we are now, but conservatives and Republicans at the time that gay marriage was being litigated, not in the legal system, but in the court of public opinion, where it became normalized, quote unquote, before it became the law of the land from the Supreme Court, conservatives largely rolled over on gay marriage. And to this day, if you look at polling, a large percentage of the Republican Party just kind of shrugs their shoulders and says, well, I don't know if I care about that that much. People can do what they want. It really doesn't harm me. And I disagree. Yeah, I know. And you know what? I probably, before I really thought about it, I was probably in that camp too, not of ever agreeing with it because of my faith, but thinking, well, is it really going to be that big of a deal? Of course, I didn't think about 
the child part of it. I didn't think, of course, if these people want to be recognized as having a legitimate marriage, they're going to want to do everything else that married people can. Since they can't do that naturally, there's going to have to be some technology behind that. And whenever we go from what's natural to what's possible, whether it's through political will or whether it's through technology, we have a lot of questions to ask of what are what's going to be the consequences of this? What about the people who can't speak up for themselves? In this case, of course, it's children. Um, look, we don't have the power. Congress doesn't have the power to redefine marriage because it did not create marriage. It didn't originally define marriage. Whether you believe that the Bible is God's inerrant inspired word or not, um, he created and defined marriage in the beginning. And here's the thing is that Congress cannot really redefine marriage in the same way that they can't redefine what a woman is. Like they could write a law saying a woman is someone who identifies as a woman. A female is someone who says that they're a female or who changes their license or who, you know, gets a new idea or who gets even like sex reassignment, so-called surgery. That's really what a woman is. They can redefine these things, but they don't have the power to redefine them. Like in my mind, the definition of marriage is between a man and a woman is just as fundamental, is just as obvious as the biological definition of a male or the biological definition of a female. Like the primary purpose in this, of course, it's a fallen world, so this doesn't happen for everyone, but the primary purpose of marriage is for procreation. Like if we're looking in just a practical sense, of course, from a spiritual sense, we understand that it also reflects Christ in the church. There's a whole gospel, uh, a gospel aspect to what marriage is, but the purpose of marriage is for procreation, a man and woman coming together to be fruitful and multiply. And when you take that away, when that is not possible between two men or two women outside of technology, then you ask, okay, well, what is marriage actually for? Is it just based on feelings? Is it just based on desires? Is that a good enough reason to try to redefine what marriage is? Is is that a good enough foundation for society? Every thriving, flourishing, functioning society has been built on this foundation of strong marriages, of strong men, strong women coming together in marriage, creating a safe and secure place for their child. That is the safest and most secure place for a child. That is the best building block for communities. Strong communities are then the best building block for societies. Um, And so I think when you redefine, try to redefine something as fundamental as marriage, that's actually what leads to all the confusion that we have today. If you redefine marriage, of course you can redefine what a woman is. Like it is just as controversial to me just as nonsensical to me to say that a marriage can be between two men or a marriage can be between two women as it is to say that a man can become a woman or a woman can become a man because it's basically the same logic. Like you're basically saying that men and women are interchangeable, that moms and dads are interchangeable. If you think that two men can raise a child just as well as a mom and a dad can, then you're saying that moms are basically expendable. There's nothing that a mom brings to the table that a man can't bring to the table. There's nothing special about her. There's nothing that a mom brings that a child really needs. That's what you're saying. If you think two men can do it or two women can do it just as well as a mom and a dad, then you're basically saying that this whole idea of innate gender differences that it's not really that big of a deal and that it doesn't really have any like tangible consequences or ramifications. So it's the same math. And there's a lot of conservatives that will say, well, I'm just against the trans stuff, but I don't care about the definition of marriage. 
you just are not based enough. You really haven't gone back far enough in your thinking to realize that it's the same calculation. It's the same math. Like a lot of people are okay with being called transphobic. You don't want to be called homophobic. And I understand because like there are a lot of gay people who have conservative values and beliefs that we like, like we're friends with and we do, we should. I think we can link arms with them in a lot of different ways for a lot of different causes. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're talking about to me, like what is best for society? What is going to lend to our greatest strength? What is going to make us most the most secure, the most stable? You've got to have moms and dads raising a kid. Like there's a reason why God created it like that. There's a reason why science works that way. Again, it's the same thing with when you come when it comes to trans stuff, you're ignoring biology. You're ignoring science to just try to push what you want. It's the same thing with gay marriage. You're ignoring the biological differences between men and women. And you're saying, well, surely through surgery or truly, truly through the medical industry, we can kind of finagle this to make it seem like this is a marriage and a family. It's not. It's different. It's different. Um, I say that as someone who knows couples, gay couples who have children who are awesome parents. It's not about that. They are loving dads. They are loving moms. They would do anything for them. They're amazing people. And they're against like a lot of the craziness that you and I are against. It's not about them not being able to be good parents because they 100% can be. It's just that two women who are amazing moms cannot be a dad. Two dads who are amazing dads cannot be a mom. Kids need, and I think deserve and have a right to a mom and a dad. I do believe every policy that we put in place should be encouraging and incentivizing the natural formation of the family for the betterment of kids, but the betterment of society as a whole. I think a lot of conservatives in decades past and the Republican establishment as a whole missed the point. They actually fell for one of the narratives that the that the gay lobby was pushing or that the Democratic Party was pushing, equating equality under the law, meaning that you're not, you're not prosecuted for being gay. It's not, it's not that um, homosexuality is criminalized with the legalization of gay marriage. And they said, well, listen, if you don't legalize gay marriage, then essentially you want to criminalize homosexuality. A lot of conservatives fell for that because most conservatives don't want homosexuality to be criminalized. They just yeah, don't want the government to serve. I always call it an authoritarian role. If they can just look at what's objectively true, what is objective reality, like marriage, marriage simply exists, whether we want to acknowledge what it is or not, then they can redefine anything, which is exactly the point that you were making. So my last question for you today is in the spirit of being able to define this political enemy so that we can fight well against it, this this political enemy being wokeness, how do you define the political enemy that we're facing right now? Um, Look, at the end of the day, I do think it's dark versus light and evil versus good and God versus anti-God. Like even those who are on our political side on the right, (coughs) who maybe don't say that they believe in God or say that they're Christians or believe that God's word is inerrant and infallible and authoritative and all of that. Like to believe the things that we do about human rights and human value, you are without realizing it, buying into the theological premises that are necessary to get to conservative conclusions. Like, and and what I mean by that is the idea of a human right, the idea of free speech, the idea of a right to be able to defend yourself, the idea that the government isn't big enough to be able to take away our rights arbitrarily 
That all comes from this idea that there's a creator who endowed us with those rights and that they cannot and should not be taken away by a power that is less than the all-powerful power, which is God himself. And so even the people who claim to be for all of these rights, who say that they don't believe in God, to them, I would ask, from where do our rights actually come? Only those of us who really believe in a creator can answer that question and specifically in who the Bible calls our creator, that we are all made in God's image. So I think that that is the difference between our side and their side is the belief that there is a higher authority. He's already defined things for us. He already says what right and wrong is. I'm not talking about living in a theocracy where we take all of the laws from the Old Testament and try to apply it here today. That's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about having some kind of basic agreement about where morality comes from, what the definition of words are, how we figure out the definition of words, like a shared understanding of right and wrong in reality, what is good, what is bad, like what our values are. We are completely opposed to the left who does not believe that we have rights that have been given by God, who do not believe in innate value that we are made in God's image and therefore we have rights that shouldn't be taken away by the government. Like that's what they get wrong in everything, whether it's reproductive technology, whether it's guns, whether it's free speech, like they fundamentally misunderstand human nature. They believe in the God of self, not the God of scripture. And that's why their policies always lead to stupidity and chaos and destruction and always have. Yep. You're basically talking about natural law and the left has pretty openly rejected that. Ladies and gentlemen, Ali Beth Stuckey of the Relatable Podcast. Ali, thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much, Liz. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.